Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Hey, everybody. I'm Lara, and um, I'm so excited to be here with you. Um, Really excited to talk to you today. I'm going to be kind of going into John 15. I wanted to start, though, just talking, telling you a little bit about myself, uh, who I am, uh, where I'm from, that kind of thing. I So I am from Durant, Oklahoma. I've been here since I was about 11 years old. Uh, I've got, I go to Victory Life Church. That's been my church home since I was the little age of two years old. Uh, I got saved in the children's church there uh, My when my aunt was the children's church pastor. Uh, so just grew up in, in that church uh, with my family. I have a great family, big family. I have lots of siblings, uh, lots of cousins. We're huge and we're crazy, uh, but it's fun. Um, I currently also work for Victory Life Church, which is kind of cool. Um, I help there with uh, just kind of pretty much a little bit of everything. I'm an administrative assistant, uh, so that entails all sorts of stuff, um, but it's super fun. I love what I get to do. I love the people I get to be around, and uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and get started. If you have a way to uh, open up your Bible, get it on your phone, whatever you have, um, I'd love for you to kind of read along. Um, I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation, and so whatever version you have will work fine, though. So we'll start in verse 9 and 10, and it says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands. For I continually live nourished and empowered by His love. And that what I really kind of gathered from those two verses and what stood out to me was obedience and uh, the importance of obedience and how I know for me, sometimes when I hear obedience, I think, you know, that's something to put me in a box or something to uh, restrict me. And I kind of want to get away from that. But really what it is, is that the Father loves us so much. And Jesus tells us in this, this scripture that he loves us with the same love that the Father loves him. And so we are loved as much as Jesus is loved by his Father. And that when we keep his commands, we get to live in that love. Um, And so Jesus's heart for us isn't to restrict us or put us in a box, but it's for us to live in his love because that's the best place to be. And that's where we will be nourished and empowered um, by his love. And so uh, it's just his heart for us is for us to be obedient. He models that for us well when he even says, I kept my Father's commands. That's why I live nourished and empowered. So when you keep my commands, you will live nourished and empowered. So He wants for us what He has. And um, Pastor Jacob Sheriff had a message recently, and a quote from it was, Love is the true motivation for obedience. You don't really listen and obey without love, and you don't really love if you don't listen and obey. And that's so, so powerful, and he put that, to words so well, I think, because it's so easy to think, kind of put love in a separate box from obedience. I think, yeah, I'll obey, but I'm loved no matter what, and so I don't really need to obey, and I mean, I, there's grace, and so I can 
kind of just do what I want and it'll be okay. Um, but God has a better plan for us. And you can, you can, we, we are human and Jesus died for us that when we do make mistakes and when we do disobey, we still live in the love of God and we still are loved and treasured um, and made whole and made holy. Um, but he's given us a better way to live and that's through obedience. And that when we are loved by God, we should want to obey His commands. And when we obey His commands, we get to live even more in that love. And so it kind of feeds the other. So love feeds obedience and obedience feeds that love. Uh, And Jesus isn't like this dictator that's just barking commands at us that that He only knows about and that He just wants us to do that only benefit Him. But He's given us a way to obey and for us to reap a harvest as well from our obedience. Um, that we get to follow His commands and we get to listen to Him and follow what His His Word says, and we get to reap a harvest from that too. We get benefit from that too, um, and that's just the goodness of God. Uh, and His His command those commands bring life to us and those around us. They're not just just about Him. He's not a selfish Jesus, but we our love for Him and His love for us makes it so that when we obey. It brings life to us and those around us while we glorify Him. And so now I'm going to go into uh, verse 11 where it says, My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. And that just makes me think of the goodness of God that He's telling us to obey and that telling us that following the commands of God will fill us with love and will nourish us and empower us because He wants us, again, to experience that same joy that He experiences. And um, in Leviticus 20, chapter 26, verses 9 through 12, we kind of see the fruit of that. God is giving some pretty clear instruction and kind of uh, like the, some commands to the Israelites on how to be holy. And like I said, we know that we're made holy through Jesus now, so that even when we disobey Um, We are still made holy through Jesus. Um, But this is just showing some of the fruits that we get from being obedient. We're made holy. We're loved. These are just kind of like extra, like when you sow a seed and you bear fruit, this is the fruit that you you will reap, the harvest that you get when you are being obedient to the Lord. So the scripture says, I will look favorably upon you, making you fertile and multiplying your people, and I will fulfill my covenant with you. You will have such a surplus of crops that you will need to clear out the old grain to make room for the new harvest. I will live among you and I will not despise you. I will walk among you. I will be your God and you will be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt so you would no longer be their slaves. I broke the yoke of slavery from your neck so you can walk with your heads held high. And Jesus, I mean, Jesus is giving us this this picture here of what what our lives are to look like when we walk our lives out with Him, in relationship with Him. And it says we will be fertile and multiply our people. And I think that even, I mean, talking about like having babies, um, but also I think we will multiply our people. We are a people of God. We are a chosen people. And I see even a multiplication of lovers of God, multiplication of people following Jesus, of disciples, and how important it is that 
we are not, like, we're discipling people, but he's saying when you obey my commands, you will disciple people. You will multiply. Um, it's not like you might multiply, but it's you will. He says, I will fulfill my covenant with you. You'll have a surplus of crops. I talked about bearing fruit um, and how when we sow those seeds, we will bear fruit. He's saying you will have a surplus of crops. You'll need to clear out the old grain to make room for the new harvest. That's a promise of when you obey my commands, when you sow the right seeds, you will have a new harvest. You will bear fruit. Um, He says, I will live among you and I will not despise you. I will walk among you. I will be your God and you will be my people. These are all promises from the Lord of what we get when we obey, when we walk in obedience and we walk in relationship with him. We are no longer slaves and we can walk with our heads held high. There's even a like a, a good kind of pride in walking with Jesus of I can walk with my head held high because I the Lord walks among me. He is my God and I am his we are his people. Um and he's given us this and it's just a simple through simple obedience that we take that step of following what the Lord's commanding us to do. And then he gives us all these things and he so clearly tells us it's not this hidden prize that we get, but he says this is what you will reap if you obey me. And so I want to ask you, are you sowing seeds of obedience uh, or disobedience? And we have a choice in that. That's something my mom (laughs) always drilled into mine and my siblings' head as we were growing up is you have a choice. Um, Your actions and the way you react and the way you behave, you do have a choice in what you do, but there will be consequences for that. That will lead to other things. And so what fruit will you bear? Um, If you're sowing seeds of obedience, think, what fruit am I going to bear from this obedience? And if you're sowing seeds of disobedience or distrust or dishonesty, what fruit will you bear from, from those seeds? And it's not this big threat, but it's the Lord making us aware of your choices do have power because we do have free will and God has given us the ability to choose what we do in our lives. But he's making it plain for us that when you obey, this is what you will this is what will happen. This is what you will get if you disobey, if you stray from me, if you run from me. There will be fruit in your life from that. He can redeem you, uh, but it might be a little harder for a little while um, just because we've chosen to go away from what God is telling us to do. And uh, so I've talked a lot about uh, what the Lord commands and you know following His commands and obeying Him. Well, now in verses 12 and 13, He gets into what His command is. And he says, so this is my command, love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Jesus gave the ultimate sacrifice for us. He, he already modeled what sacrifice looks like. Um, he already modeled what what true pure love is, what the greatest love of all looks like. And um, he's telling us here, his command for us is to love each other as much as he has loved us. Now, he's not necessarily saying you have to, you know, go and be actually killed for your neighbor. Um, I don't think we're at that point right now, but what he is saying is dying to the things that 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 are holding you back from doing that. And so there are certain things in our lives that we have to sacrifice, that we need to sacrifice in order to love each other deeply as much as Jesus has loved us. And I I think 
even when he says love each other deeply, we think, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can, you know, I can love the people around me. But then the next part, as much as I have loved you, how do we love people as much as Jesus loves us? And that's through surrender and sacrifice. And it's really hard to surrender things sometimes. And it's hard to sacrifice things, especially for someone maybe that you would consider not really a friend or someone that you just don't get along with or you've had some conflict conflict with and you just think, I'm just going to stay away from them and that'll be better for both of us. Uh, but he's telling us to love each other deeply. He doesn't say just love the people you like deeply. And um, that's the power of sacrifice and surrender. And I think we get to sacrifice. Uh, we get to a place where we are are ready to sacrifice through surrendering to God. And when we surrender who we are and our plans and what we want to do and what we think would be right, when we surrender all those things to Jesus, then we can truly offer our life as a sacrifice um, to Jesus and to the people around us in order to love them well and love them deeply. Uh, sacrifice and surrender are not comfortable. Um, so when I'm, I'm telling you, you, you need, we need to surrender to God and we need to surrender what we have to the Lord, um, but it's not always going to be comfortable and it's not always going to be easy. Uh, but what the Lord does have for us, like he said before, when you obey my commands, he has all these things for us that, um, that are better than what our plans could ever be. I know for me, I can be a dreamer. And so if I think I've got like this plan and I'm going to, I'll just go crazy with it. Like I'll just make all these plans and go into, in my head, planning everything, dreaming about everything. And I'll have this like beautiful picture in my head of what it should be. And then if Jesus asks me not to do that or to change something, I immediately am like, oh my goodness, like I don't, <laughs> I don't really want, like God, I have all this planned. Like I've put, thought and time into this. I've, I've, I've put action and, you know, I, I've, I've worked on this and, um, but Jesus asked me to surrender that plan to him. And every time that that's happened, God's always brought something better out of it. And it might've taken longer. It might've looked different. It might have been something I would have never thought I wanted. Uh, but the plans of God are better than what we could ever plan. His ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And He is just better. <laughs> He's good and He loves us and He loves us better than we could ever love each other or love Him. He's modeled it for us and He wants us uh, to have that love for each other. But He's perfect at it. He knows we are not always going to be perfect. Um, that's why we have to surrender uh, surrender things in our lives to Him so that He can have control um, and He can do what He wants in those things. Um, so what in your life do you need to surrender in order to love each other deeply? What in your life is holding you back or blocking you from being able to love your neighbor, to love the person next to you, to love the person at the grocery store, to love them deeply, whether it be pride or unforgiveness or insecurity or anything else. It could be something big or small. Um, what in that, you need to identify that that thing in your life and sur work on surrendering that to the Lord and just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I don't want this to, to block me from following your command. Uh, show me how to surrender surrender this to you. Help me to, help me to lay this down at your feet, Jesus. Uh, I give you control. 
And um, so now we're going to go into verses 14 and 15. And uh, it says, You show that you were my intimate friends when you obey all that I command you. I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants, and servants don't always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate friends, for I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my Father. So in that, what I, what I see in that scripture, in those two, those two verses, is relationship, that we are able through obedience to have relationship with the Father, that He doesn't call us servants. He calls us His intimate friends. He, we are deeply known and deeply understood by Jesus when we obey all that He commands us. And He says, where He says, I have never called you servants because a master doesn't confide in his servants. Um, in Leviticus, the verses I read just a few minutes ago, God removed the yoke of slavery from us. So even then, in those scriptures, God was highlighting and, and, and showing us what Jesus, the same thing that Jesus would say to us years and years later, that we are not slaves when we obey, uh, when we obey the commands of God. We are not, we are not tethered to slavery. We are not, we don't carry the yoke of slavery uh, but we are moved to friends, and he calls us friends, not servants. And uh, we get to walk hand in hand with Jesus. And like he said in that first couple scriptures I read, that we get to live in love. When we live in his love, we are a friend of God. We're intimately known. We're in intimate relationship with him. And uh, when we live in the love of Jesus, we're equipped to love each other deeply. And so uh, he says, but I call you my most intimate friends, for I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my Father. So when we live in the love of Jesus, when we're, friend, we're in friendship with Jesus, we are equipped to love each other. When we love each other deeply, we live in the love of Jesus. So those things, like I said, with obedience and love, feed each other. Uh, that when we are living in the love of Jesus, He shows us what we, what we need um, he shows us what to do in order to love each other deeply. And when we do that, when we act on what those things that he, when we act on what he's showing us, then we are continuing to choose to live in the love of Jesus. And so we get both of those. We're continually growing in the love of Jesus and being equipped to love others deeply. Um, and that's, again, the goodness of God. He's not going to... Um, tell us to do something that he hasn't, you know, put inside of us and he hasn't modeled for us. And so he's modeled for us how to live in love. And then he's preparing us to go out and to spread that love and to share that love um, with, with others. Um, <clears throat> so then in verses 16 and 17, he goes on to say, you didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. And your fruit will last, because whatever you ask of my Father for my sake, He will give it to you. So this is my parting command. Love one another deeply. So He says, you didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. We've been, we're chosen people, and we've been chosen and commissioned to go into the world to bear fruit and to bear the fruit of obedience to the Lord. And when we, when we love one another deeply— we are bearing the fruit of obedience. Um, and you, your, your obedience to the Lord 
isn't just going to bear fruit in your life for just for you to see. Um, but when you are living in the love of Jesus, when you have relationship with the Lord, um, when you're when you're experiencing the goodness of God, that's going to be an example to everyone around you, everyone you come in contact with, everyone that you love deeply will see in you um, and in their own lives the fruits of you being commissioned to go into the world. And they'll see the, the seeds that you've sown, and they will get to even bear fruit from the seeds that you've sown um, because of your obedience. <clears throat> and it, there's, a, there's a kind of a motto that um, the Victory Life Missions program uses, and it's simple obedience changes history. And um, I think that is just completely ties in kind of what these ver- scriptures are trying to say, um, what, they're, what, what, I, what I feel like they're saying. Um, is that through our simple obedience, we can change not only our stories, um, but someone else's story. And that, excuse me, that we, when we're obedient, when we truly choose to love people in in kindness and in in pure love for uh, the people around us, that we will be changed, but also the person you're loving will be changed because the love of God is transformational and it's, it redeems us and it can do things that without it, things that we could never do. And uh, one story about from my life about someone who changed my story and how someone's simple obedience really changed my story was uh, Pastor Jacob Sheriff. When I was about 13, my, I was at a, like a weekend youth retreat and just for girls, and we had service that night. And it was really good. And a few years before this, my dad had passed away, and uh, he had he had committed suicide and taken his life. And I had a lot of, of course, a lot of grief and things that I was working through after that <clears throat> for years, and still still do. But um, in this in this service. I don't even really remember what the what the message was about or how anything was going, but I after the message we went back into worship, and Pastor Jacob he'd already shared his message, but he came back out, and he said I feel like some of you have a father that's no longer in your life or that has left you <clears throat> and isn't around anymore, and uh, he said and God wants you tonight to know that He's your father and He wants to fill that role father for you. And then he might have talked more about that. He might have talked less. I I don't know exactly what he said. Um, But when he said that, I immediately felt the presence of the Lord and felt healing from the Lord and had this encounter with God that radically changed my life. And uh, since then, that was kind of the, the spark in my life that made me think, okay, I want to follow Jesus that Whoever loves me this much, I've got to be in commun- communion with them. I've got to follow them. I probably didn't say communion because I was 13. So probably, I just want to hang out with Jesus. Um, but uh, I knew then that I wanted to be a follower of Jesus. And it sparked something in me that the fire that hasn't died out uh, since then. But it was through Pastor Jacob's simple obedience. He'd already shared his message. He'd already done the worship. He'd already prayed over everybody. Like he, he could have just gone home and it would have been like, it would have been fine because he already shared a good word. He already touched some people. Like it, it he was done, but he chose, he heard the Lord tell him something and he chose to obey 
and step out in simple obedience and just share this short word and then be done and let the Lord do what the Lord does. And it completely changed my life and changed my story. And I know that through that, that since it changed my story, that it equipped me to live in the love of Jesus, which will change other people's stories. Um, Because like I said, your people will multiply. And through Pastor Jacob touching my life, I now get to touch other people's lives. But it all started from the act of simple obedience from Pastor Jacob. And it was simple obedience motivated by love, that love is the motivation for this. And love is the motivation for the fruit that we bear. And Jesus is, we know God is love. And Jesus is motivated by love. And everything he did was out of love for us, love for his people, love for his children. And simple that simple obedience motivated by love. There's a few things kind of in closing that I'll say. That simple obe- obedience that is motivated by love, it reveals the goodness and favor of God to you and to others. That when you, when you choose to walk in simple obedience and it's motivated by love, you and others will see the goodness of God and you will see the favor of God because he says that in his word and we can stand on that. Simple obedience uh, motivated by love will require some sacrifice and surrender, but it's worth it because Jesus already paid the ultimate price and he already made the ultimate sacrifice for us. Simple obedience motivated by love makes you a friend of God. Not just any friend, though, an intimate friend, a close friend that came out of slavery, that came out of servanthood into an intimate relationship with Jesus. Simple obedience motivated by love is what you've been chosen and commissioned to do. It's what we've been called to do. It's what we've been commanded to do. So my encouragement for you um, as you listen to this and as you go go forward and as you go forward and loving each other deeply and obeying the Lord um, is that you would let the love of the Father nourish and empower you to love others deeply and you, for you to go and change history. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 